The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen of the Ethos Lakers family, we've got ourselves a round two. They say a series doesn't start until the team wins on the road, and the Lakers have taken game one on the road to the tune of a 117-112 to 112 victory over the Golden State Warriors. And how exactly did that happen? Lakers were coming into this series as an underdog, despite the fact that this newly constructed Lakers roster has won three out of three games versus the Golden State Warriors this season. There was a fourth game that the Lakers played versus the Warriors. It was game one of the season. The Warriors had just gotten their championship rings. It was an emotional night. And not to mention the Lakers roster was, shall we say, different. Matt Ryan. Do you remember Matt Ryan? He played 17 minutes in that opening game loss to the Warriors. And so I don't know if you can really establish or take away anything from that game one way back in October. Now, I didn't partake in the preview episode, uh, the preview episode of this series with Ethan. But one of the things that I would have wanted to talk about in looking at the three games what I was expecting based on the three games that the Lakers did win versus the Warriors was kind of what I saw happen. And one of the more consistent players who did really well against this Warriors team was Dennis Schroeder. And Dennis Schroeder in this game, in game one, played 31 minutes, finished with 19 points, shot 5 for 10 from the field, only took one three-pointer, and he missed it, but only took one three-pointer, 9 out of 10 free throws. He was a driving machine. Had three assists, got a steal off of Curry at the half court, grabbed two rebounds. Just an overall great game for Dennis Schroeder. One of those two rebounds, the game ceiling rebound after the Jordan Poole uh, attempt to tie in the final five seconds. But one of the more interesting analytic takes of the box score is that of Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt was going into the series saying that he wanted the assignment of drawing Steph Curry. Now, the assignment of drawing Steph Curry is not an easy one, not simply because he's the greatest shooter in the history of this league, but because of how he plays the entire game. He's constantly moving. He's constantly relocating. 
it's exhausting trying to cover him because you're not covering him when he gets the ball and then tries to charge to the basket or then tries to dribble and, you know, get a shot over you. No, you have to chase him around that court constantly as he's trying to get open. Now, Steph Curry in this game managed to still get off 24 field goal attempts in which he made 10 of them. Shot 13 threes, made six of those. This was a pretty good Steph Curry game. 27 points. He also got six rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Klay Thompson, pretty good in this game. Even even though he shot nine for 25 and six for 16 from three, when the Warriors were struggling and they needed a bucket, Klay Thompson was there. Now, it should be noted that this wasn't a dominant game for either side. The Lakers did have a 10-point lead when there was about two minutes left, and they nearly squandered that. But for the rest, throughout the entire game, it was within a couple of baskets. So this was a very hard-fought game, and it would have either been a hard-fought victory for the Lakers or the Warriors. But Jared Vanderbilt did a great job. To look at the plus-minus, he was the biggest positive on the Lakers board at plus-8. To, look, to put that into perspective, the second biggest was Troy Brown Jr., who played 12 minutes but and didn't do a lot on the scoreboard, but he was actually pretty effective. And when Jared Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt wasn't guarding Steph Curry, Troy Brown was. And Troy Brown did a pretty commendable job. And he also took one three-pointer and he made it. Every time Troy Brown <laughs> makes a three-pointer post that trading deadline, I'm always grateful to Rob Palenka that he kept Troy Brown around because... He's one of those guys, similar to Vanderbilt, that doesn't do a lot to show up on the scoreboard, but he's been a pretty reliable three-point shooter. Wenyan Gabriel, he also only played four minutes to spell Anthony Davis, but in his four minutes was plus four. He played excellent defense out there. So how did this translate to Steph Curry? Steph Curry scored 27 points. What was his plus minus? Well, his plus minus for the entire game was minus one. The biggest positive that the Warriors had, and it was pretty obvious because when he was making baskets, it was pretty annoying, and he was fairly unstoppable, was Jordan Poole. Now, Jordan Poole shot 7 for 15, extremely efficient. 6 for 11 from 3, extremely efficient. Plus 7 in the plus minus, finished with 21 points. Really great game for Jordan Poole. What is interesting about Jordan Poole is that he missed that shot that would have tied the game. And there's some debate about whether or not it was a good shot, it was a bad shot. It was from about 35 feet away. He was open, but there was 10 seconds left. In 10 seconds, you've got to imagine that Steph Curry might be able to relocate and get an open shot somewhere. You don't necessarily know if Jordan Poole is the person that you want taking that shot. But with this Warriors team the Lakers are going to have to make a decision. And this Warriors team is a very pick-your-poison team. You either let Steph cook, you let Clay cook, you let Jordan Poole cook, you let Wiggins cook. Now, those are four guys who are capable of blowing a game wide open, but if you only let one of them cook, I think it does kind of hamper the rest of the team. Draymond Green wasn't super effective. He was a minus eight, although he did dish out seven assists. 
one thing that you're going to hear here being talked about constantly is the free throw discrepancy. The Lakers did shoot 29 free throws to the Warriors 6, but this comes down to a style of play issue. The Warriors did not drive very aggressively in this game. They were perfectly content shooting 53 three-pointers on the night. Now they made 21 of them, which is 40%, which is 39.6%. That is an elite shooting night from 3. And yeah, the the Warriors or the Lakers basically chose their poison. Let the Warriors cook from outside. Let them have whatever they want outside. The Lakers are going to dominate from inside. And dominate, they did. Anthony Davis. 11 for 19. For the most part, for damn near the first three quarters. Didn't really miss, miss, I think, one shot. Finished with 30 points. Grabbed 23 rebounds. Dished out five assists because he was doubled. Oh, no. And then he threw in four blocks. LeBron James is an interesting stat line. 22 points, shot 9 for 24, 1 for 8 from 3. Not ideal. Although he did grab 11 rebounds, dished out 4 assists, and oh, and he got 3 blocks. He's perfectly capable of blocking a couple shots a game against this Warriors team. He's done it before. He'll do it again. How did our guy Austin Reeves do? Well, Austin Reeves had an unusual night. He had some big buckets, huge buckets in the third quarter. He had back-to-back threes at one point. Finished shooting four for nine, ten points, five rebounds, three assists. Not a stellar night for Austin Reeves. But Austin Reeves spent a bulk of his night guarding Klay Thompson. Now, you'll remember Klay Thompson finished with 25, which is a lot of points. But Klay Thompson also shot nine for 25, which created... A lot of those rebound opportunities for our guy, Anthony Davis. D'Angelo Russell did not have a great first half. Had an amazing second half. Finished 9 for 19. He finished 1 for 5 from 3. You'd like to see that done a little bit better. Overall, the Lakers shot 6 for 25 from 3. Not super ideal. But that's not really the Lakers' identity. We'll talk some more about Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder... Finished with 19, like I said earlier, shot 5 for 10, shot five for ten. those 10 free throws. He was fantastic. Super aggressive. He led the pace. His relationship with Darvin Ham and how much Darvin Ham trusts him, which has turned into the rest of this Lakers roster trusting Dennis. Such a completely different situation than before with Frank Vogel. Like I immensely trust Dennis Schroeder with the ball when he comes off the bench. I cherish those minutes. And there are times Dennis Schroeder doesn't have great games, but I this year I just I always trust him. I always trust him to do the right thing, make the right decision. He's not a great three-point shooter. Sometimes when he shoots, I, I know it's not going in, but it's within the structure of what it is the Lakers are trying to do offensively, and I, I always trust it. Ruby Hachimura who was such a huge, hugely impactful player in round one, played 11 minutes tonight, shot two for two. Didn't get a lot of opportunities, only grabbed one rebound. There just wasn't a lot for him to do. And when you factor in how the Warriors are going to play, I, just, I don't think there's going to be a spot for Rui to be super impactful this series. Unless you're going to somehow get Rui to stop Kevon Looney 
from doing what he does, which is grab an immense number of rebounds. Seven offensive rebounds for Kamon Looney, 16 defensive for 23 in total. Folks, when was the last time two players who were guarding each other, for the most part in a, in a single game, both have 20 rebound games? I looked this up everywhere last night. I spent an hour trying to find out if this had ever been done. And I'm sure it's been done at some point. Because there's a lot of 20 rebound games out there. I don't know if two people playing against each other who are guarding each other have both had 20 point game, 20 rebound games. It seems unlikely. I'm sure it's happened. I couldn't find it. If you know or you can tell me it's happened before, I don't know why I find it so interesting. I just do. It's it's really interesting. Andrew Wiggins, he finished with 15, shot 6 for 14. What I think, and kind of what I thought the Lakers were going to do, and sort of what I thought would be a good strategy, and I sort of saw it in this game, was, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Poole is a pretty good player. But he hasn't had a great season, and he wasn't particularly great in round one. He had his moments, for sure. I think with this Warriors team, you've got to let someone shoot a lot. Someone who isn't Steph Curry shoot a lot. And I honestly don't mind Jordan Poole. Like, I, I think Jordan Poole is going to have the type of game that he had tonight. Once, maybe twice a series. But other than that, I think you can just let him shoot. Because I think he'll end up doing more harm than good. That's what I think. I'm not certain. But seeing him shoot 15 times, I definitely don't mind that. If he's, if you were to tell me before beforehand that Jordan Poole's going to shoot 15 times, I would have guessed that he made five of them. And the Lakers were doing a lot of backing off of folks. Anthony Davis was parked in that lane. He wasn't coming out and doubling shooters the way, I'm guessing, Sabonis would. Anytime Kevon Looney was standing beyond the free throw line, Anthony Davis was just not there. Now, Kevon Looney clearly doesn't have the range or the jump shooting skill to just shoot from free throw line that way. Otherwise, he would have. But let's move on to the game that I like to play come playoff time is what is replicable? What's going to happen again? What's not going to happen again? Well, 30 points from Anthony Davis is actually fairly consistent with what he's done versus the Warriors this season. And against even against Kevon Looney, who's a pretty quality big, Anthony Davis has an immense advantage in this series. Charles Barkley said that Anthony Davis should average 35 for the series. I don't know if it's quite 35, but 30 points from Anthony Davis kind of seems about right. 23 rebounds, probably an anomaly. And he had 19 defensive, 4 offensive. Probably a little bit of an anomaly. LeBron James, shooting 9 for 24. Probably not going to happen again. He's probably going to have a much more efficient game. He only shot 4 free throws. He's not as aggressive as he was before. But one of the things that I think is actually true, and I pointed this out on Twitter, is Tim Legler did a really great segment on... Sports Center, where he talked about how Austin Reeves is doing the bulk of the ball handling now. 
And doing the bulk of this ball handling actually preserves LeBron James. LeBron James is, isn't going to drive as often as he used to as long as Austin Reeves is there handling the ball. As well as D'Angelo Russell, as well as Dennis Schroeder. Between Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and Dennis Schroeder, those are three extremely capable ball handlers that can run the offense for the Lakers. Like, it's, I think it's rare. I, I can't remember the last time LeBron has had more than one guy capable of running the offense. Like, LeBron has always run with, like, a Kyrie or, I mean, even when Russell Westbrook was here, he tried. But, you know, LeBron has had Dwayne Wade. I don't know if LeBron has ever had three guys on one team who are just certainly, who are capable of running the offense while LeBron sits there and figures out what to do for himself. Now, 9 for 24, not ideal. The 11, re- 11 rebounds is great. The three blocks is great. I think I think if LeBron focuses defensively, that's going to be best for him this series. I don't. He he's certainly capable of taking over and having a fifty point game versus the Warriors team. He's done it before in the finals. I don't know if that LeBron is the most prudent in getting a victory for this Lakers team, and I think he knows that. So. 22 points might seem a little subpar for LeBron. I think that's going to be about where he's at. But I don't think you're going to see him shoot 9 for 24. And I don't think you're going to see him shoot 1 for 8 from 3. I hope not. Austin Reeves is an interesting case study. I was watching several professional gamblers who do live streams and they're assessing which props they're going to take on the day. And at one point... He comes across Austin Reeves' points and rebounds, which was set at eight and a half. He finished with eight. What I have found interesting as a guy who gambles on sports occasionally <laughs> this season and gambles on props, you know, specifically, is Vegas books don't know how to assess Austin Reeves. Post All Star break, the points per game average for Austin Reeves was set at eight and a half points and there was a prop out there that said how many times is Austin Reeves going to exceed this number of eight and a half points a game of the 23 games that were left is he going to do it more or less than eight and a half times I saw that number back in February and I'm like well Austin Reeves is going to crush this number he can score nine points more than nine times in 23 games well, he did it in 20 of 23 games. Book, bookmakers, lines makers, they don't know what to make of Austin Reeves. His role has expanded so much. He played 38 minutes in this game. If you if you were to tell me beforehand Austin Reeves is going to play 38 minutes, I would have said he's going to crush every single prop. But I think he missed all of them. <laughs> I think he missed every single one. He had five rebounds. I think that's the only one that he hit. I think his rebound number was four and a half. He had three assists. His assist number was four and a half. He had ten points. I think his points number was 18 and a half. Linesmakers don't know what to do with Austin Reeves, and he played 38 minutes. 
So there's there's room and there's capability for Austin Reeves to have huge games against the Warriors. If he's going to play 38 minutes every game, I promise you, I promise you, Austin Reeves will not average 10 points a game. He's going to average a lot more if he continues to play 38 minutes a game. He shot zero free throws. Austin Reeves at one point in the second half of the season was leading the league in free throw attempts. He shot zero this game. In a game in which the Lakers shot 29 free throws to the Warriors 6, Austin shot zero. That's an anomaly. So for Austin Reeves to play 38 minutes a game this series, he's going to average more than 10 points. He's probably going to hit around 5 rebounds, and he's going to average more assists. I, I promise you. D'Angelo Russell played 32 minutes, shot 9 for 19. That's, honestly, even though he didn't have a great half, that's that's perfectly okay. If D'Angelo Russell is going to give you 15 to 22 points a game, that's what you want. I don't think anything, I don't think anything about D'Angelo Russell's game last night was an anomaly. Jared Vanderbilt, from the stat sheet, I don't think you can rely on him for anything as far as stats. He's focused on Steph Curry. He's going to be guarding Steph Curry. Any points you get out of him are going to be cherry on top. Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt shot one for three from three. He finished with eight points. His projection was five and a half. That's His projection of five and a half is probably about where he should be. But his focus is on Steph Curry. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, I think, maybe played a little bit more higher a little bit better of a game than he's going to end up finishing with he shot 10 field goal attempts which is i think good he's probably going to shoot eight to ten times a game he finished with 19 tonight he's probably going to finish he's probably going to average between 13 and 19 which is going to be ideal troy brown He's going to be there for defense. I don't think you should rely on him. I think there's room for Rui to have a much bigger game. Rui, we talked about, had eleven played 11 minutes, only shot two field goals, made both of them, finished with six points. Only grabbed one rebound in 11 minutes. This might not be the series for Rui, but there's certainly, there's certainly room, room for Rui to have a big game. Same for Wenyan. I don't think there's a lot of room for Wenyan to do. Wenyan's going to be there to spell Anthony Davis. I think at some point, and this honestly doesn't seem like a bad strategy, I think I think in like 90-second spurts at the end of quarters, if, if there's a comfortable lead or if you're not down too much, I'd say throw Tristan Thompson in there. Tristan Thompson has the experience against his Warriors team, and he's certainly a big and strong enough body who can – contend with Kevon Looney. Didn't see Malik Beasley. Didn't see Lonnie Walker. I think one of the two of them can have an impact in this series. I didn't see a place for them to play last night. And, you know, depending on how the series falls out, that I, I don't see room for both of them to play. Darvin Ham's going to figure out which one's going to make buckets and which one isn't. To look at the Warriors. Now, Steph Curry, the Warriors, I think, in an effort to try to win this game, I feel like they tipped their hand a little bit when you look at the adjustments. I don't think the Lakers made any adjustments throughout the game. I think they had their game plan, 
and I think they stuck to it the entire game. Kind of to the detriment of the Lakers team. Towards the end of that game, the Lakers were exhausted. And it seemed like they were about to squander that 10-point lead. And Darvin Ham didn't call a timeout when he should have, probably. But at one point in the middle of the fourth quarter, the Warriors switched to his own defense. I think that tips their hand a little bit as far as what adjustments they might make in the next game. And I think it gives the Lakers time to look at that and see how they can adjust to that. And the Lake and the Warriors adjusted from having other players bring up the ball and Steph Curry run around screens, try to get open that way, to having Steph Curry be the primary ball handler. Now, honestly, if Steph Curry is going to be the primary ball handler, I'm I kind of am more comfortable with that. Clay Thompson, I think if the plan is to have Austin Reeves play Clay Thompson, stick to that. I don't I don't really know that there's much of an adjustment to be made there. Draymond Green, I think you can just kind of let Draymond Green do what he does and he didn't seem to have much of an impact either way. Andrew Wiggins, LeBron was mostly on Andrew Wiggins, and I'm comfortable with that matchup. If Andrew Andrew Wiggins shot six for fourteen, that's I'm good with that. If he's gonna if if he's gonna shoot six for fourteen ish every game and finish with fifteen, I think that's fine. Kevon Looney doesn't appear can be stopped from rebounding. He finished with seven offensive rebounds. If Anthony Davis steps up to try to guard shooters, and that's just going to mean offensive rebounds for Kevon Looney, and the Lakers need to limit second-chance opportunities for this Warriors team because I believe two or three times tonight, second opportunities from two-point attempts turned into made three-point attempts for the Warriors, and you can't have that. Jordan Poole, I say let him do what he does. He wants to shoot. He... He's feeling himself a little bit after that first game. He was talking a little bit of trash. Let him do it. Dante DiVincenzo, Gary Payton, Jermichael Green, I think are going to be mostly mostly ineffective. I think they're there for defense. If you're going to let anyone shoot, like screw it, let it be those guys. If you're going to lose, if you're going to if you're going to lose to the Warriors and you're going to give open shots to DiVincenzo and Gary Payton and Jermichael Green, it was just never meant to be in the first place. So, you know, what is there to look forward to game two? A lot. The Lakers are up 1-0. You stole one on the road. You're playing with house money. But I don't think they should They should take game two lightly. I, I really hope they don't. They have a tendency to. They came out super flat in that game five against Memphis. And hopefully a lesson was learned from that loss in coming out that flat. And coming out the way they did in that game six, winning by 40. That's got to be your mentality. And I think this Warriors team is better. And so the fact that it was such a tight game is to be expected. I don't think anyone is going to dominate this series one way or the other. So I think game two is going to be just as intense and just as nerve-wracking as game one. But until next time, we are out. Hopefully... Looking forward to a great game, too, and we'll see you guys on Twitter.